Good evening and welcome to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program sponsored by Heritage Baptist Church in New York City, a church that is committed to proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ in an atmosphere of love. Please join us this hour as Pastor Matthew Recker opens the Word of God and then brings others, including you, into the conversation. Tonight, we'll seek to have a dialogue that will glorify God and will show how the Bible is relevant to everyday life. Our desire is to lead people to salvation in Christ and encourage believers in their spiritual growth. Join us and build up your own heritage of faith. Welcome and thank you for joining us for another episode of the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program hosted by Pastor Matthew Recker. My name is Micah and I'm the Ministry Assistant at Heritage and tonight we are going to have an awesome conversation wrapping up Genesis chapter 2 with a discussion about men, women, and marriage. If you would like to join in the chat tonight or if you have questions or need someone to pray with, please give us a call. Our studio phone number is 929-333-3739. Pastor Matt. Is it just me, or is there a little more joy in the studio than usual? There's a lot of joy here, Micah, because we have with us a wonderful pro- uh, we have with us a prophet here tonight. Oh, we do. Yeah, we have a pro- two prophets, and one of them is named Joy, prophet. So, Jeff and Joy, so good to have you with us for the first time together. Jeff, you've you've t- done the rodeo before, but Joy, this is your first night, so welcome to our program. Thank you, Pastor. Thanks, Pastor. It's we're great so, to be here. Yeah, and you guys, we were talking, you were married nine years ago, and I was so blessed to officiate that wedding. And where was your wedding? Tell us a little bit about that wedding. It was in Curacao, the Dutch Caribbean, uh, uh-huh. and it was my dream to get married in the Caribbean. And I met a man whose father uh, and his family was from Curacao in the Caribbean, and instantly I knew that would be where we would be married. <laughs> Jeff, you just couldn't say no to a wedding in Curacao. No, no. no especially when your pastor encouraged you to do that, right? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, the, we had a great Debbie and I, you know, you, we were your guests there. You took such good care of us. It was a wonderful, beautiful time with, with church family, with your families together. And everybody, all to, all of us just having just a beautiful time, just great, great memories. And we're so blessed to have you now in our church for the nine years as a married couple and two beautiful children. Tell us about your children. Juliet and Joshua Prophet, yeah. uh, Jays as well. So it's a blessed a six-year-old. She'll be six in two days. Yeah. Uh, and Joshua, four and a half years old. Yeah, I saw them opening some presents already, pre-birthday yeah, presents yeah. today. Yeah, so that is so great. Well, we're so thrilled to have you, and what an appropriate time to have a married couple with us as we talk about what is man, what is woman, and what is marriage. And that's what our program will really center in on tonight. So let's read the scripture together, and we're going to read tonight from Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, to the end of the chapter. And Brother Jeff, if you could start us off there in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 15. Sure. Genesis chapter 2. Verse, verse 15. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in that day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helpmeet for him. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all cattle 
and to the fowl of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a helpmeet for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from the man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. The word of the Lord. Amen. Brother Jeff, Amen. can you lead us out in prayer? Sure. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to study your word, Lord. We're just in awe of your word and uh, your creation, Lord God. It is just a wondrous, wondrous thing to learn about how you just spoke and everything came into existence, Lord. And uh, we just ask you to bless this time uh, now, Lord, as we go over uh, marriage, Lord God. And uh, we just pray for those who are listening tonight, Lord God, if their hearts are moved to call for prayer, Lord God, we thank you that we have some uh, amazing call screeners here, Lord God, to pray and to offer encouragement to those who are uh, in need, Lord Mm -hmm. God. So we just thank you for this time, Lord God. May your name be glorified tonight, Lord God. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So at creation, biological sex was determined by God. Mm -hmm. And Adam had no say in it, and Eve had no say in it. And since then... God has determined our biological sex, our gender, from the moment of conception. Mm -hmm. But our entertainment industry, coupled with the educational establishment, Mm -hmm. preaches, and I'm going to use that word, Mm -hmm. preaches because they're promoting a morality foreign to the Bible that does not teach that. And now I believe we have a culture much in rebellion Mm-hmm. against God, mm-hmm. sad to say. There's a moral revolution. Mm. We're living through a moral revolution mm-hmm. in the removal of the Bible from the public sphere. And it has redefined American culture. I don't think it's redefining it. I mm-hmm. think it's been redefined. Mm-hmm. 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 Do you think? Yeah. So ridiculing the Bible is is standard fair and acceptable. And it's produced tremendous confusion. People are even afraid. It's gotten to the point where people are somewhat, I don't know if afraid is the right word, but they seem afraid to define what is a man or what is a woman, thinking they're, they're going to be derided yeah. or they're going to lose their, their status in society. They're going to lose their position. So, Micah, what do we think about this as far as the differences of man and woman, uh, the, the determination of bi- biological sex, what do, what do you think about this in society? And even this week, the question was asked, you know, what in a very a public forum, what, what, what is a woman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. so we had um, this situation this week that went viral where we have a Supreme Court justice nominee, and she goes through the process of sitting with the senators, and they ask her questions on live television. And one of the questions asked by one of the senators is, can you define what a woman is? And she said, no, I can't. And um, so that kind of went viral because people on one side are, are saying, oh, of course she can't because, you know, gender is fluid and gender has to be decided by the person. Whereas people who agree with the Bible would say, of course, we know what a woman is. So it was just so topical that this is the scripture that we're going to be discussing. And 
you know, for me, yes, people are afraid of being canceled. And even this week, we saw a few very prominent people canceled off of canceled off of social media. And, you know, it's just social media. It's no big deal, except I really do think it's indicative of where we are as a culture, where we are as a society. So, for instance, on Twitter, there were three prominent um, Twitter accounts that got canceled because they were talking about biological sex. And yet Vladimir Putin still has his Twitter account. And the Taliban, yeah. the leaders of the Taliban still have their Twitter account. So it just shows us where we are as a society. Yeah. That, you know, it doesn't matter if you're starting a war where people are actually dying. Um, but if you say the wrong thing, oh, you're canceled. Mm-hmm. So it just it's, an in, it's indicative of where we are. Yeah. Well, biblically, the reality is, is that men and women are equal. We're equally made in the image of God. But that doesn't mean we're the same. Right. Mm-hmm. Male and female were created by God differently. Man mm-hmm. purely from the dust and woman with a rib from Adam. And that shows that we're different physically, relationally, and we have different roles as men and women. And these differences cannot be denied, must not be denied, mm-hmm. but they're being completely denied today. Yeah. But I believe we should celebrate yeah. these differences. Yeah. You know, for example... You know, to say the woman is a weaker vessel, is that controversial today? Well, how many women can play in the NFL, you know? Yeah, yeah women yeah. are not as physically strong as men. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean they're not strong yeah. in a way that makes man marvel. I mean, mm. what man do you know could bring forth a baby? I mean, no, mm-hmm. you see, God didn't make us for that. <laughs> but I think the the fact that women are have this strength yeah. to bear a child mm. and bring forth a child that gets the respect of every man and makes us realize that women have a strength that men do not and will never have mm. so you know we're different and i believe those differences should be celebrated well but, but let's get into it tonight we just wanted to kind of introduce our subject tonight dear friends our phone lines are open the line is open at 929-333-3739 shouldn't people call in tonight yeah when Right call, now. Call in right no. now. And we're looking forward to Resurrection Day Sunday and Good Friday services. Those are happening in less right. than a month. April so 17th. If you want to come out for Good Friday or Resurrection Day and you have not decided where you're going to go, come to Heritage Baptist Church. We would love to have you. Yeah, and God has been bringing visitors into our church. We're so excited about that. And yeah. if you're out there looking for a church, maybe you haven't gone back to church since the pandemic, and maybe you've been, maybe even become disconnected from your church somehow, and you say, I'm not sure I even want to go back. Well, come back to us. Come <laughs> come to our church. Or maybe you used to come to Heritage and you haven't. Come on back. This is a good time. Isn't Resurrection Day? That's a great time to start coming it's back. The best to time to start if, coming if back, people yeah. maybe have been a little bit tentative, you know, we haven't really been hearing much about the virus, you know, lately. There's been no flare-ups, thankfully, mm. and mm. we pray that there will continue to be safety in our city, and thankfully the mandates will continue to kind of be eased and be, be eliminated. But come on out to Heritage Baptist Church on Sunday. We meet at 490 Hudson Street. And the service is at 11 a.m. We have, of course, a Bible study. And, Jeff, you lead our Men's Adult Bible Fellowship. Yes, I do. Don't we have a good time? We always have a great time. <laughs> the it's men really enjoy it, don't they? <laughs> the men enjoy it, yes, right? Yes, they do. I know I do. So, yeah, Jeff, you do a great job leading oh, that. Thank you. Okay. So we're going to look at this passage of Genesis 2 tonight. What is man? What is woman? What is marriage? First, what is a man? So, Jeff, how should we 
see how God has formed man. How, how should the way God has formed man affect us? You know, as God made us from the dust, how does that affect how we see ourselves as men? How does it affect our masculinity? How does it affect our attitude toward God, toward others, and life itself, do you think? Well, I mean, it, you think about it, uh, God is just amazing. And, you know, from the beginning, the first words of Genesis is God created the heavens and the earth. So mm. this is our, our God. He, he created the heavens and the earth, and then he just came down to earth to this little plot of dirt, and he formed man out of the out of the dust. Yeah. And it, there's there has to be some sort of uh, uh, humility mm-hmm. as a man mm-hmm. to know to of reverence toward God and just what He did. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's it's even in like in scripture like a Job ten uh, nine says, "Remember, I beseech thee that thou hast made me as the clay, and wilt thou bring me into dust again?" So there's just all these different references to how God they almost like. Um, uh, there's like these like uh, um, like metaphors of how like God is the uh, potter mm-hmm. and we're the clay. Yeah, and, sure. And right. if you ever seen like people with you know pottery, you know those um, those spinning wheels with the clay and yeah, and just how they form it and and mold it and just make it perfect. And God, you know, He said it was good, man. You know when He made us, and it, it it's just it's just a wonder and it's uh, how you just see Him that He just put us together and and it, it's just it's amazing and and i think even like if you look at something like isaiah 29:16 where it says surely your turning of things upside down shall be esteemed as a potter's clay or shall the work say of him that made it he made me not or shall the things framed say of him that framed it he had no understanding so if anybody says you know uh you know oh well god didn't make us we just happened mm, mm-hmm. i mean that's that's clearly you know that's not true yeah but, how can dust start breathing on its own right Correct. there's just no way Correct. and life is a miracle right life is ever a gift from god it's a miracle that that we even have breath right exactly and and, and i just find and one of my favorite psalms uh is uh psalm 139 mm-hmm. and it, it says for thou hast possessed my reins thou hast covered me in my mother's womb he's not talking about the earth but he's he's talking about my mother you know mm. you know all of us here were yeah. from our mother's womb mm-hmm. yeah and he says i will praise thee for i'm fearfully and wonderfully made marvelous are thy works and that my soul knoweth right well and my substance was not hid from me when i was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth mm. so then there's this like uh like an analogy to like being made in the earth of man but this is uh, i guess the lowest parts of the earth, earth i believe is the womb this is the womb and yeah. the eyes mm. can see my substance yet being unperfect and in thy book all my members were were written which in continuance were fashioned when as yet there was none of them so it's just it's just amazing to to hear like you know yeah. we didn't have sonograms back then right you know yeah. and it's just it's amazing like when i saw my daughter's sonogram for the first time it was just like you know her image and i was just like i'm you know i'm a big mush i was just (laughs) crying you know because you know hear the heartbeat and just see this little like this little life in there and it was just amazing and when when brian and emily my son brian and his wife emily when she got pregnant the second time they sent us a picture of the sonogram of twins talk about Uh, mush yeah okay micah (laughs) yeah i agree with jeff you know a christ-like man should aim to strike that balance of humility and dignity he should be humble because he was created from the dust and will return to the dust but he's also dignified because he was created by god in god's image but 
if you reject the Bible and instead accept the cultural narrative of the day that we evolved from a monkey, then both humility and dignity are mm. lost. Mm. So you're no longer humble because instead of relying on God, you say, oh, it's survival of the fittest and I'm surviving through my own effort. And then at the same time, if you evolve from a monkey, you're no longer dignified because instead of being created in God's image, you're just the latest step in the evolutionary process. So we reject this. We go back to the beginning. Man is the pinnacle of God's creation. And when God himself came down to rescue us, he did it in the body of a man. Yeah. And if I could add two more words to dignified and humble, I'll add the word thankful Mm. to God that he made us and and also that we're spiritual because he breathed into us the breath of life so that the very breath we breathe is literally handed every breath we breathe look at it this way it's like god puts out his hand and we take the breath from him Mm -hmm. every breath is a gift and so we should be thankful and spiritual and and give praise to god with with our every breath so micah amen Let's look at this passage in Genesis chapter 2, beginning really even at verse 15 through 18, where God put man into the garden. And we talked about this last week, to dress and keep it. But what are some of the key elements of manhood that we glean from this passage in Genesis chapter 2? Yeah, well, the first element I see in the passage related to manhood is that man was created to work. Adam was given a job of dressing and keeping the garden even in a perfect world. So men today were still created to work. Another element I see is that man was created for relationships. So the most important relationship was established first. It was Adam and his creator. God gave Adam Mm. his spirit, as you said, Pastor, and began guiding and directing him through direct communication. But God also made man for relationships with other human beings. And God says it's not good for man to be alone. The last element I noticed is tied into the relationships where there's an order of creation shown in this passage. So God has the authority in the original relationship. And then when God creates a helper for Adam, Adam has the authority in that relationship. And why do I say this? Because God created Adam first and communicated his commands to Adam before he created Adam's wife, Eve. And God was establishing this authority structure for the home, which continues to this day. In 1 Timothy, Paul instructs that a woman should not have spiritual authority over a man for this very same reason. It says in 1 Timothy 2.13, for Adam was first formed, then Eve. And we're going to talk more about this tonight. Right. And to me as well, the key elements of manhood here are that a real man listens to God. Mm -hmm. Because God commanded only Adam what tree he Mm -hmm. could not eat. And if he did... You know, it was curtains, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was death. (laughs) You eat that tree, in dying, you're going to die. And so a real man has to listen to God. And then he has to believe God. And he has to obey. And then it's really incumbent upon Adam to teach Eve, who will be coming after him. Mm -hmm. Because if he doesn't tell her, she won't know the command. And I'm not sure how clearly he told her because of what happened. We'll Mm -hmm. talk about that next (laughs) week, you know. But so a real man must listen, obey, and and have faith, and then teach others the Word of God. And the creation order, as you said, Mike, if I could just read 1 Corinthians 11.3, and, you know, I read verses like this, and I'm, and I'm like, you know, to be a Bible-believing Christian, you got to have a little controversy in your life. You know? <laughs> We've got to be a little controversial. This is controversial yeah. today, right? Yeah. But I'm going to read it. I believe it. It's in the Bible, 1 Corinthians 11, verse 3. Paul says, but I would have you know 
that the head of every man is Christ. That means we have to listen to him. We're yeah. under his authority. Mm-hmm. The head of the woman is the man. And the head of Christ is God. And that is so wise. That is incredible. And it shows that headship is not inferiority in any way. Mm-hmm. Because uh, the father is the head of Christ. He's yeah. not inferior to him in the least. Yeah. And so that the man is the head of the woman is she's not inferior to him in the least Mm -hmm. and but we are submissive one to another in god's perfect uh plan well joy we're going to get you into this conversation here tonight and again so glad to have you uh, with us this evening joy and so we see in in this passage of scripture how god created created the man but then even before there was sin even before there was sin, God saw something that wasn't good, and he had to fix it so that he could say everything's good. <laughs> okay. So what wasn't good? He determined that man was alone and needed a companion. So how does a woman, Joy, meet man's need of a companion and his, his problem of loneliness? Well, Pastor, as Jeff and I studied this particular yeah. verse... Uh, as you, you mentioned, we noted actually this was the first time uh, that God says that something in his creation was not good. Yeah. When you go back to chapter 1, Genesis chapter Incredible, 1. Incredible, right? Yes, yeah. absolutely. In verse 10, he called the dry land earth and, and the seas he made, and God saw that it was good. And then yeah. you move on to verse 18, he divided light from darkness, and God saw that it was good. And then you move on to verse 25, he created the earth and the cattle and every creature thereof, and he saw that it was good. And everything that he had created, he saw that it was very good but then you get to chapter 2 mm-hmm. verse 18 and God created man but for the first time he saw that it was not good and this is such a critical and important point mm-hmm. because yeah. God is perfection mm-hmm. everything that he does and he creates is perfection mm-hmm. so for something that mm-hmm. he created to not be good mm-hmm. was profound it's an important reflection and it's also an important reflection for us and almost a command to us that man should not be alone it is not good for man to be alone or to be lonely. God himself was never alone, mm-hmm. uh, and we are made in God's image and made for fellowship and companionship with others. So it's not, it's not a bad thing for a man to say that I am lonely or I, I am alone and for him to have the desire uh, to want that companionship. Absolutely. It's so beautifully said, Joy. And it's, it's amazing as well. It's not like Adam said, you know, God, I'm working so hard here naming the animals, but I'm lonely. Adam never expressed his loneliness, but God knew his need mm-hmm. before he even expressed right. it, which mm-hmm. I think is pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I just think Joy made such a good point as far as um, God was never alone. So when you think of the Trinity, yeah. when you think about the Godhead, there was the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost from the beginning of time. And we don't know exactly what that relationship looks like. You know, we have the information in the Bible, but we're going to see it so much more clearly when you're when we're in heaven. But there was an ongoing relationship from the very beginning of time and even before the beginning of time. So I, it's amazing that God wanted to implant that within humanity on earth, something that he had experienced for eternity. And, and what this also shows, you know, when he said during the creation week, something wasn't good. You know, I think back even at the beginning, you know, when he made the heaven and the earth, it was perfect in that sense, but it wasn't complete. Mm -hmm. So and that's what God was doing in the creation week. He was completing everything. Yeah. But the last thing he creates is the woman in the creation week. Well, actually, then the marriage after the woman. But the last um, 
actual material person, you know, thing, if you will, a, a woman. Mm-hmm. So the creation week was not finished until he made the woman mm. last. Mm. Save the best for last. The, the last <laughs> shall be first. Amen. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Right. So it's a beautiful thing. And then he said, everything he made is very good. Right. Very good. So praise the Lord for God's grace in creating man out of the dust of the ground, seeing man's need mm. and feeling lonely. Men, if you're feeling lonely tonight, and you need prayer, give us a call. We have a young man with us in the studio tonight to take your call for the first time, Caleb. Caleb grew has grown up in our in our church. I'm so proud of Caleb and his sister Chara. I mean, I held these children in my arms when they were babies, and now mm-hmm. he's, what, 20 years old? Man, you're making me feel old, brother Caleb. <laughs> but we're so glad to have Caleb. And if you want a fine young man to pray for you tonight, maybe there's a man you feel alone and you'd like to find a wife. Give us a call. We'll pray with you about that. Yeah. We'd love to pray with you. Uh, ladies, if you'd like to find a husband, we're talking about what is man, what is woman. Maybe you're struggling with who you are as a man mm. and because this culture has you confused or who you are as a woman. Please call us right now at 929-333-3739. There are a lot of struggles with sexual identity, sexual orientation, gender identity today. People are really struggling about this Mm -hmm. because they're teaching children at young ages confusing things. And so there's going to be tremendous problems. We have to give godly counsel Mm -hmm. on these points. So if you have any questions, call us right now again. The number is 929-333-3739. So we're going to finish up this point on what is a man, Jeff. And we just kind of want to ask this question and we'll go around and just share who is your favorite man in the Bible, who do you enjoy reading about? Who do you gain inspiration from? I would have to say Moses. Moses, okay. uh, uh, just, to, just to see his whole, uh, as they say in uh, stories, uh, character arc, mm. because he was just, he was, he was humble, and God came to him in the burning bush and, you know, told him to go to Egypt to tell Pharaoh to let my people go. Mm-hmm. And Moses said, well, you know, kept coming up with all these excuses. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. you know, I got a speech impediment. I yeah. got this. I got that. And then, you know, God said, all right, I'll tell you what. Just go. I'll, you know, your brother Adam, um, Aaron will do the, the speaking, you know. So he went. But just to see how Moses changed yeah. from, you know, this, this guy who was a shepherd. He was, a, uh, he was in Egypt. Hmm. And then he became a shepherd. And then, you know, then he became this leader, and mm. he led Israel. And just to see how God worked with him, you can just see his whole yeah. character change. And just an inspiration for me, just to see how God works in someone's life, and how uh, Moses, who was a murderer, he murdered somebody, and yet when Israel sinned against, uh, you know, God, you know, he begged for God not to kill them. You know, it's just just to see this change of heart. He said. And he, he God changed his mind. So it was yeah. just, just to see Moses, I, I just think he had to deal with a lot. He had to deal with a lot of people. Oh, awful lot. You know, a lot of grumbling and people against him. But, you know, he still, the, except that one time at the rock, you know, he, yeah. he, he held his temper. But, mm-hmm. you know, but it's just just to see how and he And for changed. someone with the speech impediment, he did a pretty good <laughs> job yeah. speaking. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So finally, he did yeah. all the speaking himself. Yeah. And Aaron wasn't doing it for him. Uh, yeah, so. So, so it seems. Yeah. Micah? Well, I would just say that we're getting a bunch of phone calls coming in. So if, if we don't get your phone call, please wait a few minutes and give us a call back. Um, we definitely want to talk to you. Uh, for me, the man in the Bible who's the greatest inspiration is Jacob's son, Joseph. So like very few, Joseph truly had that heavenly perspective that I wish I had, you know. 
despite his circumstances, whether he was a slave or, uh-oh. Okay, all right, we're back. Uh, you know, whether whether Joseph was a slave, a prisoner, or a king, he was righteous. He was sexually pure. He was a servant. He was wise. He was hardworking. He was patient. He was supernaturally forgiving. And he had a dynamic relationship with the Lord. The Bible yeah. even tells us that Potiphar, his Egyptian slave owner, could see that God was with Joseph. I'll read Genesis 39, verse 3. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. By the end of Genesis, we see that one reason Joseph was able to live his life with such virtue, virtue because he saw and he could he could understand that God was orchestrating everything, every detail for his good. Yeah. Amen. You thought evil against me, God meant it for good. Joy, who was your favorite man in the Bible? Well, I have to say, I've, I have learned much from many of the men in the Bible and many of the women. Yeah. So in the Old Testament, it would have to be Job, um, oh, who yeah. struggled, went yeah. through, lost oh, his my. wife, his yeah. children, Most his times. home, his sickness. Uh, and his children. <laughs> sorry. And he still, sir, he still uh, came through. God blessed him, and then yeah, he abounded. Yeah. And then in the New Testament, I'd have to say it is Paul, yeah. uh, because Paul, I mean, he was a Pharisee. Uh, mm. He he persecuted many of the early disciples of yeah. Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, but he himself, after Jesus revealed himself uh, to Paul, he ended up, uh, of course, becoming uh, one of the great apostles. And that was also something amazing to learn from uh, the scripture in Philippians, where he says, "For I have learned in whatever state I am therein to." be content Amen. And that i learned i just take so much from yeah. that his, his imprisonment and still being content and, mm-hmm. and surrendering to the lord Amen. well you'll never guess who would be my favorite man in the bible that i wrote down here it's almost like a bible trivia other man. than jesus no, well yeah we're not talking about yet yeah, right <laughs> it's aquila oh. who was married to priscilla okay and the reason i pick aquila is because he was married and one with his wife and his name means eagle, and he rose up with eagle's wings and flying around the ancient world. And wherever he went, there was a church meeting in his home. So he was an urban church planter. Mm-hmm. And this is what I like about Aquila. He's mentioned six times. Every time he's mentioned, so is Priscilla. Wow. So they were a real team. Mm-hmm. It's like you couldn't think of Aquila without Priscilla. And every, the first time they're mentioned, he's mentioned first, and then Priscilla. So he's the head and leader. But the next time they're mentioned, she's mentioned first. Hmm. The next time he, the next time she, the next time. It goes literally back and forth yeah. all six times. So, so th- in other words, there was an equality. Yeah. And there was a, and, and it says they were the helpers of Paul. Wow. I, I like how their names even sound. Priscilla and Aquila. It sounds like Jeff and Joy. <laughs> the names sound really good together. It, yeah, it really does. Okay, so let's move secondly to what is a woman? As we've said, God makes man and women unique. They are equally made in the image of God, but wonderfully different. And as God creates the woman, and when he said it is not good that the man should be alone, then he says that I will make him unhelp meet for her. So, Joy, a woman is called the help meet for Adam. How do you understand this expression, and how do you flesh out being a help meet in your life together. And I know I'm putting you on the spot because we're, no one's perfect as husband or wife in this world, but I know you're a great wife. So how do you flesh out 
being a help me. Well, this is one of my favorite scriptures in, in the Bible because oh. I actually I view being a help meet as mm. one of the most important and rewarding roles mm, of being yeah. a wife uh, and a mother, but definitely in a marriage. Uh, and in fact, many women will probably actually say that they love to feel needed and mm. they love to mm. be needed. And that is really what the scripture is giving us permission to do here is permission to be needed mm. by our husband. Um, I think there's oftentimes misconceptions about the scripture uh, because some do interpret it as uh, demeaning or inferiority but it goes back to I think being created in the image of God Mm -hmm. Um, and in so many ways this means having a servant's heart Um, in fact I went back and I looked up the Hebrew word uh, for helper Mm -hmm. which is Ezar Mm -hmm. uh, and it it means helper but it also means rescuer and it's uh, used 21 times uh, in the Old Testament the first two times being uh, in Genesis 2 and the other yeah. 19 times God uses it to describe himself and in particular as Israel's Ezar mm. in times of conflict. Mm. And so that role of being Jeff's helper in yeah. times of good or in times of bad, it's really quite an honor to be his right. helper in the same way that God was a helper uh, for the people of Israel. And in other words, too, I mean, that that God is Jeff's helper. He's giving you, he's given Jeff you and you are, in a sense, the image of God to be his helper. You're an instrument of God's help to, to your husband. So that is a very powerful and a very strong and encouraging and uplifting concept, right? That a woman is a helper as God is, like God is our helper. Yeah. And Pastor, I think it's amazing that both men and women naturally inhabit characteristics of God but have different strengths, and we should celebrate them, as you, as you mentioned earlier. I would say that the two, man and woman, represent God together even more than they represent him individually. So as you mentioned in your Sunday sermon in Proverbs a couple weeks ago, wisdom in the Bible is personified as a woman calling from the gates of the city. And your wife had a really insightful comment, I thought, about this, saying that like a woman, wisdom must be pursued. And we also have the passage in the Gospels where Jesus You remember that I said that in I the remember. message. Yeah. <laughs> I gave my wife credit. That was that from was the good. sermon. That, that was, was really good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, we, you know, we also have the passage in the Gospels where Jesus compares himself to a mother hen who wants to protect her yeah. chickens. And even, we, you know, we know that women most often are the ones who are more nurturing with their young children, even though men certainly love their kids. So if one of God's characteristics is that he's a nurturer, in this case, women display this characteristic more strongly than men do. So I think the combination of the man and the woman truly, truly represents God. Yeah, and again, it it shows as well that whereas man was given a job Mm -hmm. and is work-oriented and does tend to derive his satisfaction from his work, women are much more relationship-oriented than men. And this is rooted in creation. This is a creation difference. Nothing's going to change it. It's the way God has done it. And because a helper, you know, a helper suitable for the man is a relationship. So that that was the key element of the woman being created. I just want to read one verse as well with which which has this word help which is such a it's a beautiful verse and it sh- it shows the beauty of our God being our helper, but the woman is the helper of the man in a beautiful way as well. And it's Deuteronomy 33:29. It says, "Happy art thou, O Israel, who is like unto thee, O people saved by the Lord, the shield of thy help, and who is the sword of thy excellency?" 
and thine enemies shall be found liars unto thee, and thou shalt tread upon high places. So that Israel has such help in God. He has a shield, he has a sword, and he will tread victoriously over his enemies with the right help. And you know, I feel like I have a wife Hmm. who is like a help to me, who makes me happy, like God makes his people happy. You know, a, a wife who is a helper to her husband, happy is that man who has such a wife to be a help to him. That's so awesome. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about what is a woman. Thank you, Joy. And uh, so, Micah, what is the significance when God, and uh, we can all weigh in on this. And, Joy, I'd like to hear if you want to say something about this as well. But what is the significance of God making woman from Adam's rib? Well, the most significant reason that I see that a woman was made from the rib of man's side instead of the dust, like Adam was, is that God wanted woman to literally be part of man. So from this moment forward in all of history, every man ever born is going to come from a woman. But this one time, woman came from man. And the first words we ever hear from Adam in Scripture indicate that he understands this connection. To paraphrase what he says, he's like, she's part of me. And I'll read Genesis 2.23. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because he, she was taken out of man. Yeah, and somebody said in the Hebrew that could be translated, whoopee! You know? <laughs> in other words... She's better looking than anything I see anywhere else. You know, he he was excited. Well, I've heard it well said as well that God did not take a bone from Adam's foot so that he could rule over her. God did not take a bone from Adam's skull so that Eve would rule over him. But God took a rib from his side to speak of companionship and fellowship and that they were together when they were side by side. So that God took a rib from Adam and uh, did the first operation. Do any of you guys want to say anything? Well, I think another amazing parallel, Pastor, to keep in mind is that as we see Eve created in Genesis, um, it is the Adam is the first one. So 1 Corinthians 15.45 mentions, and so it is written, this first man, Adam, was made a living soul, and the last man, Adam, was made a quickening spirit. So the last Adam is Jesus Christ. So as we read the story of God piercing and opening up Adam's side to create his bride, we recall that Jesus Christ, the second Adam, had his own side pierced and when he died on the cross. So his side was open in order his, for his own bride, the church, to be created. So in Genesis, woman is created from man, her spiritual head, and in the Gospels, church was created from Jesus, our spiritual head. Yeah. So then when God created the woman and put Adam into a deep sleep. Now, that is quite amazing. We didn't learn that whole concept of anesthesia for mm-hmm. a long time, but God did it in the very... Yeah. I mean, God's way ahead of man, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's something. But so then something very interesting. And you know, Joy, when um, for the first place I ever saw my wife, we were in Bible college, and it was the... We called it the amphitorium where we had our daily chapel service. And it, it was, you know, there was over 5,000 students. It was a big a big uh, amphitorium, but I looked and I saw Debbie walking down the aisle and it was like there was, she's the only person I saw in the whole amphitorium out of 5,000 people. Mm-hmm. And I thought of this verse where it says, the Lord God took the woman and it says he brought her to the man. And so that's the first thing God did upon making the woman was he brought 
her to the man. What does this tell us about women? And based on God's word, how do women embrace their femininity as a gift from God? Because God brought her to the man. So there's some, again, there's a uniqueness there, right, in the, in the role of the woman. So what does this tell us about women? Well, so in, in verse 19, God formed the beasts of the field and every fowl of the air, and he brought them to Adam to see what he would call them, and he named them. So in verse 22, it's just really oh, yeah. interesting because God <laughs> does take the woman uh, to the man, and, it's at, and, and Adam is actually the one that calls her and says oh, yeah, she shall be named too woman. That's good. And it's and it's interesting because God after he makes these living creatures, not only the the fowls of the air and the beasts of the field, but also uh Adam uh Adam and the woman, mm-hmm. uh God blesses every living creature and that he makes and he tells them to go uh, go be fruitful mm-hmm. and multiply. So we go and be fruitful and multiply. It does say something about femininity because in a lot of ways as a woman, uh and in our marriage, Jeff and I were we we were fruitful, we multiplied, but I enjoy mm-hmm the aspect of, of, as a woman, the relationship part of who I am and being able uh, to feel understanding and validation and the reassurances because God bought Eve uh, to Adam so mm-hmm. that she could be protected and provided and she mm-hmm. could feel that he was responsible for her. And, and you know, likewise, she herself, uh, her role in that mm-hmm. relationship is to make him feel respected and to mm-hmm. submit and surrender to him in the way that yeah. he is. Is, is submitting and surrendering to God. Amen. You know, Elizabeth Elliot, she's the wife of the martyr Jim Elliot. She said something so beautiful about womanhood. She said, This is what I understand to be the essence of femininity. It means surrender. She said, Of course, not to surrender to evil such as coercion or violent conquest, but think of a bride. She surrenders her independence, her name, her destiny, her will, herself to the bridegroom in marriage. Then in marriage, in the marriage chamber, she surrenders her body, her priceless gift of virginity, all that has been hidden. As a mother, she makes a new surrender. It is her life for the life of the child. You know, you think of Rachel. She surrendered her life mm. to bring Benjamin into mm. the world. Mm. And by the way, dear ladies, our number is 929-333-3739. Give us a call right now. If you tried earlier, we do have some lines open right now. Men, women, what is a man? What is a woman? What is marriage? Call us right now, 929-333-3739. Yeah, well, Pastor, you also mentioned um, you mentioned Rachel and uh, her husband, Jacob. I love the story of his parents. So God brought a bride to Isaac, and he used, you know, Abraham was very specific. He sent his servant, Eliezer, to find that wife among his clan. So Eliezer, he knew where he was going, but he also knew that the only way to find the right woman was with God's help. So he, he got to the place he was going, and he prayed, and God brought Rebecca at mm-hmm. the exact moment in the exact way that made it crystal clear that she was the one. So yeah. one thing I see from this passage about Adam and Eve is that a total surrender and reliance on God is needed for that perfect match. He brought the woman, Rebecca, to the man. That's yeah. really good. Great illustration. So to finish up this question, Joy, or this section, what is what woman in the Bible is 
your greatest inspiration as you seek to live a godly life for Jesus? Oh, again, many women. I've yeah. learned from many women in the yeah. Bible. Oh, sure. uh, but for me, it is undoubtedly Proverbs 31. Oh, the Proverbs okay. 31 woman. She's never named, but in, yeah. in a lot of ways, you know her by her fruits. Uh, and she's probably my role model because I think what she was uh, just amazing in everything that she did. But she did it all, and she did it all very well mm-hmm. as a wife and as a mother. And she mm-hmm. even employed her mate. Uh, but just to very quickly uh, read from that, the, uh, verse 10, uh, who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her mm. so that he shall have no need or of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days wow. mm. of her life. Not some yeah. of the days, not most of the days, yeah. but all consistent. of the days of she her life. Consistent. She was consistent. How does a woman possibly do that? <laughs> we'll have to ask Jeff. You know, oh, yeah. well, how he would rate me and um, at all the days scale, but it's just amazing. And and you know she took care of her children. It talks about that. Um, she seeketh wool and flax. Um, it also talks about her taking care of her home and and her her maidens as well. Mm-hmm. So she was really quite a responsible woman, and and you could tell she took great pride and joy in it. Uh, so I learned quite a bit from the Proverbs 31 woman. Yeah. Does anybody else want to say your favorite woman in the Bible? Real quick. Uh, I love Hannah. In the book okay. of First Samuel, how you know her life wasn't perfect, her situation in her marriage was not perfect, but what she did was she cried out to God, she made a vow, and then she kept her vow. Amen. Amen. Jeff, I would have to say uh, Mary, Lazarus' uh, uh, sister. Oh, because, okay. Because she wanted to sit by Jesus. She chose the best she, part. She chose yeah. the best part. So. You know, I I chose Abigail. The Bible says she was a woman of great understanding, and she stuck with her churlish husband, <laughs> who died a drunken death. You know, yeah. and so, but she was a reconciler, mm. and she tried to reconcile mm-hmm. in that situation. I yeah. love that chapter in in First Samuel. Okay, thirdly, with just a few, we got about ten minutes left, mm. so we're going to talk in ten minutes. <laughs> we'll solve all the marriage problems out there. What is marriage? So, how important is the family? And what would you say the status of the American family is in right now? I don't know. Who wants to start us off on this? I mean, okay, Jeff. Yeah. I mean, I just, just, you know, just what you read about in the news. But, I mean, it's just you hear about, like, so many uh, uh, single-parent families. And it's just, you know, God made marriage. He made man and woman to come together. It was, it was his design. It mm-hmm. was for a purpose for man and woman to come together and be fruitful. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I, I believe it's just so important for uh, children to have both parents in the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. A father and a mother, uh, man and woman, very different, very different people. But they need both those, those type right. of uh, personalities. Um, you, know, I, you know, I see with Joy with the kids. Joy is very nurturing. You know, she kind of fusses over them a lot. You know, we're all just like, eh, well, you know. <laughs> but but that's, that's the thing, you know. Yeah. And, and I think kids need to see... You know how I treat Joy. How you know if I'm affectionate with her. You know Joshua, especially. He needs to see that you know this is how you treat a woman. Mm. You know as he gets older, then you know he'll treat a woman the same way. Whereas Juliet, the same. How you know she sees how Joy treats me, or even how I treat Joy. So it's just something that they learn. You know, not you know not what they see on TV. You know because uh, you know that has a major influence on the children. So it's it's just important to to. uh, to raise children on the Word of God as well, too, to prepare them for life's challenges. Well, no doubt the family is under attack mm-hmm. big time today. Mm-hmm. Anyone else? 
Joy, did you want to weigh in on this? Yeah. I, well, I, yeah. I, I like that uh, Jeff mentioned TV because I'm old enough to remember the scandal. It was 30 years ago where the vice president of the United States, Dan Quayle, he criticized the TV show. It was Murphy Brown because uh, Murphy Brown, you know, had a baby out of wedlock. It was oh, yeah. her choice. She kind of mocked fatherhood and the roles of father in the home. And, you know, I don't think culture has ever looked back from their moment. There was a big political movement which recently had these words on its website. It said, quote, we disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure. So what we would say is that the nuclear family was not Western prescribed. It was prescribed by the creator in the first pages of the Bible. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the family is under great attack, dear friends. So maybe you're in a marriage and struggling. Get counsel. Get help. Go to the house of God, worship, get on your knees with your husband, get on your knees with your wife if you're having struggles in your marriage. You know, it's like the triangle when the husband and the wife get on their knees and cry out to God, they will draw closer to one another as they draw closer to, a, to God, just like a, the base of a triangle moves upward and moves closer together. Amen. So problems in the home are no doubt skyrocketing divorce rates are up and the family is in distress single parent households are increasing so do all you can to save your marriage husbands love your wives wives submit yourselves to your husbands so jeff what what do you believe is based on the text here now if we could go to genesis chapter 2 and verse uh, 24 where really we see marriage defined and described what's the first decision foundational to a successful and strong family. Well, it's to break the ties with your mother and father. It's time to leave the nest. Mm. <laughs> you know, um, uh, it, it's it's a strong word. Like leave is a strong word. Uh, um, but you still have a relationship with your parents. But you have this is something new now. This is this is your life with your wife. And um, I think about um, uh, when Jesus. Uh, when he was a teenager, and uh, uh, Mary and Joseph sort of lost him, uh, yeah. he was in the synagogue, yeah. and and uh, you know they found him. He said, uh, you know, don't you know I'm about my father's business? But it said that he was subject to the subject to his parents after that. Yeah. So he was under their authority. But of course, when he started his ministry with the church, mm-hmm. you know, he he left that. You know, church's bride being so. Mm. I f- I find it interesting. So as you know, when you leave your parents. You find your bride, and then that's the focus of, of, of now. It's not, you know, your parents, but your, your bride is your priority. Mm-hmm. And Paul says to love your wives, and that's, that's to love, that's to be self-denial, for the agape mm-hmm. love, self-denial for the sake of another. So that's, that's what you focus on. Yeah. And Joy, so what, uh, what does it mean for then a man to cleave? And I really believe this, defin- this is kind of a definition to me of marriage. Like, what is marriage? Well, we see it rooted right here in the creation story. And then Jesus himself repeats this, and the Apostle Paul repeats this. So three times, this, this foundational, uh, establishing, defining statement of the, of the marriage is in the Bible. So what does it mean for a man to cleave to his wife? And, and what happens, you know, what do you do in a marriage? I know this hasn't happened to you guys. But you could speak to other married couples when the emotions, you know, when the feelings sometimes wane or fade, you know, what do, what do you do with that in a marriage? Well, uh, cleave, cleave, it literally means to cling or stick to. Yeah. Uh, and it can also mean to be joined together. But it really is an it's an infallible 
an unconditional commitment. Yeah. And it's stronger than a contract. There's just no way, I mean, that mm-hmm. Jeff and I could have ever entered into an earthly contract that could have been God, stronger right? yeah. than the commitment that we make in God, in a godly marriage, Godly's institute, God's institution of marriage. Um, so that it really, there's another meaning for this word, which I really love, which it means to pursue closely. And I just love the idea mm. of a Christian husband always pursuing his wife. Mm. So emotions may wane or fade or really, and and emotions are deceptive, really. They're part of the flesh. They're very deceptive. But my husband will always pursue me. Yeah. That's, That's what right. cleaving means, to yeah. always pursue. Amen. Yeah, we cannot treat our marriage like a cell phone contract, you right. know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, marriage is for better, for worse, for good. And, you know, if the good feelings fade in a marriage, and feelings, feelings up, you know, they, they come and go, right? Feelings of love. A marriage is not, uh, does not continue with good feelings. It, co- it continues through strong commitment. And I believe good feelings follow the right action and the true commitment to God. So marriage is a one flesh relationship. And of course, this speaks of intimacy. So it's a permanent relationship. It creates a new relationship with our parents when we leave them and cleave to one another. But then it's a one flesh relationship that speaks of unity in all things. So what are the husband and wife to share? What are some of the major adjustments you found in your marriage? Well, um, I would have to say uh, personality adjustment for for me, <laughs> anyway, because uh, I got married uh, late in life. Uh, I was 51 mm. when I married Joy, um, and I was stuck. Congratulations, in my brother! <laughs> That's a big step. <laughs> yes. You made the right move. I, I guess <laughs> I did. Um, and uh, 50, that's 51 years of doing, you know, what I want my way. So it it, it was it was an adjustment yeah. to make, and mm-hmm. it, it was. Uh, Learning how to communicate, not keeping everything bottled inside. It was uh, sharing uh, <laughs> because even on our on our honeymoon, uh, <laughs> it's funny we had a little argument. Uh, we were sitting eating, and I had my last piece of salmon <laughs> on the plate, and George just swooped in and picked it up and ate it. <laughs> you were looking forward to that last I bite, for, and I and I got upset. Let me know he was looking forward to that last piece yeah. of salmon. <laughs> you know, you know, I've heard it said that marriage is one selfish person. Telling another selfish person he won't give in to his selfish ways. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean. So it, you did better than me though. My wife and I, we had our first argument in the pastor's office before we even <laughs> left the church. I won't tell the story, but it was some. We had a little fight right there. Right. Uh, Joy. And well, the only I, I will add, uh, I agree, personality uh, uh, adjustments, but then also financial adjustments. I, I do realize one of the biggest challenges that many married couples have is is financial related mm. and just the importance of talking about as you're you're courting, uh, talking about and praying about those major financial decisions and joint bank accounts. Really going through that process of joint bank accounts, joint budgeting process, uh, and agreeing on those things together. Yeah, that's right. And you know what? You guys were already living your adult lives when you came together. And sometimes it's harder to come together as one when you each have had your own lives. Like my wife and I, we were both like completely, totally, 100% broke, you know, when we got married. So we we just had nothing together. It's always easy to share, you know. <laughs> anyway, Joy, Jeff, thank you for joining us. Nice Micah, awesome. Always praise God. God is good. Amen. Dear friends, he's created 
man from the dust of the ground. Man rose up out of the dust Mm. to serve God. Let's serve God. Dear ladies, God made you out of the, the man's rib to bring glory and honor to the Lord. So let's serve the Lord with gladness. Let's praise Him. And God bless you all. Have a good night. Come to Jesus if you don't know Him. Good night. Good night. Thank you for tuning in to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program. To find out more about Heritage Baptist Church and our service times and locations, visit our website at hbcnyc.org. We stream multiple services online each week, including 11 a.m. Sunday mornings and 7.15 p.m. Wednesday nights. All are welcome, and you can find links to participate in our services on our website, hbcnyc.org. And join us again next Sunday at 6 p.m. for another Heritage of Faith conversation sponsored by Heritage Baptist Church. Until then, rejoice in the Lord.